0: This is our Everest.
1: Greetings Culture Vultures and welcome to This is Our Christmas Everest, the final episode of an advent calendar that has been pinching the skin on your turkey for some time
2: I've, I've decided that I'm going to spend, because uh, I've got two weeks, or I've had two weeks or for three weeks actually nearly it was and I'm kind of halfway through that now uh, and so now this bullshit is over I'm going to treat myself and actually uh, spend um, maybe a, a week or so just catching up on all the cool stuff on Netflix and iPlayer that I've missed.
1: I, I wonder whether or not I've forgotten what it's like and whether there's I can even distinguish it anymore. Whether it's just yeah. like it's all the same. Just a grey gruel. It's been emotional.
2: <laughs> and we're starting it again like next week. <laughs> we're talking about it as if we're fucking well, Edmund... Hillary and Sherpa Tent Ian standing on the fucking top of Mount Everest. But actually, what we're doing is, we're standing on the top of Mount Everest and looking at K2 and thinking well that's not quite so high, so we might as well climb down the bottom of this one and then go up that one instead.
1: I think really we're about a 100 metres above base camp, thinking well this has got to be nearly it, surely.
2: We have got a spreadsheet that's got enough episodes for about four years worth. If we were doing these at one a week, yeah, and that's every uh, week. I think it might be exactly four years worth. I think it might be there might be two hundred and eight things on that spreadsheet.
1: And that spreadsheet just yeah, keeps yeah. growing. That's the thing. It it never st- As soon as I find something yeah. damaging, I know yeah. that I'm. Well, the thing is, I mean, you
2: created it, so I'm thinking of having it reported as a war crime.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm looking forward to that particular... It'll be a two-parter in the (laughs) Hague.
2: I'll so be recording that and selling my story. And I'll make the story a pack of lies, but more interesting.
1: Today's podcast deals with the ultimate in festive television. Fanny Craddock Cooks for Christmas. Hello. 1975, BBC. A series of five 15-minute shorts, which immediately makes you wonder, doesn't it? Why, why not just give her an hour?
2: I mean, firstly, let me just, you know, get this out the way first. This is bleak television. This is, is this is bleak.
1: Hello. They've made an effort. Fanny wears a different ball gown every yeah episode. And they've changed the colour of the background every yeah, episode. But... but also in the background are two rudimentary gas cookers with pipes. <laughs> sticking, out stick, out, yeah. sticking out. out. Sticking out the yeah. back. Yeah. And traipsing yeah. across the studio floor. They
2: haven't bothered with the Christmas tree. She's adding a bit of tinsel to it at the start of every episode. Until it's done by the start
1: of the last one. The fuck! Yeah, you don't put tinsel on like that. That
2: just looks—it just looks as if they couldn't be fucking bothered, is what it looks like. And
1: her eyebrows have been drawn on halfway up her forehead yeah, for yeah, some reason. Yeah, she she is an
2: extraordinary looking woman. Um, there's no way around it. And extraordinary sounding. She speaks in an <sighs> accent that you don't yeah. hear anymore. Hello.
1: No, and I'm quite glad of that. Um, I can
2: take it or leave it. It puts you know. me
1: on edge. But, um... Fanny is 66 at this point. She's done the circuit. Yeah. And is at her most terrifying... I mean, I want to say the word patrician, and I know that it's difficult to imagine whether or not a woman can be patrician, but I'll tell you this. They can, and it's Fanny Craddock.
2: Oh, does matrician not work?
1: I don't know. I don't think I ever even heard the word matrician. (laughs) Well, they exist... I think. Uh, I imagine it would. But the point is that in 1975, somebody who was described as matrician didn't have the ultimate bastard power that Fanny Craddock exists. Yeah, I mean,
2: I guess so, yeah. The the big disappointment about Fanny Craddock Cooks for Christmas is that Johnny's not there. That is a big disappointment. Because everyone loved Johnny. And the thing is that Johnny, if you actually, because I have watched a reasonable amount of Fanning. <laughs> uh, and um, one thing that you um, you do notice is that in the episodes where she's co-hosting with Johnny, he is much more talented than she is. Much more talented.
1: She's certainly um, she she's more well behaved, I think, when Johnny's around. You do get the very distinct impression that Johnny was the only other human being on earth that she respected in any mm, way, yeah,
2: but I mean instead she's got this absolutely petrified looking assistant Sarah Sarah, yeah. whose hands are shaking now, of course,
1: and what you have to remember about Fanny's assistants is they weren't just up and coming t v producers, you know, doing a bit of gophering, a bit of running. Mm. These people lived with Fanny Craddock. Yeah. They were like living essentially it was a hostage situation. Mm. And these people, despite this, are still more nervous of Fanny Craddock than anybody else.
2: (laughs) Well no, I Which I think think... speaks
1: volumes for how awful. No, no.
2: I mean I think there's every possibility that they were they were they were frightened because they were on the television. And cooking on Because the thing is that I think everybody now understands that there is co- the, that considerable amounts of manipulation go on in food shows. Yes. If no manipulation went on in food shows, cookery programs now would look a lot more like Fanny Craddock Cooks for Christmas.
1: It's true.
2: I mean, we're going to rattle through these soon. But, Reader, if you haven't seen this before and you don't know what's coming, I have to prepare you. Because this is some fucking Soviet-level food. This food is fucking bullshit, and this is being presented like as somewhere getting on towards oak cuisine.
1: Yeah, she's selling it as um as luxurious a Christmas as the common man could actually yeah, must well you have, know yeah, given, given the terrible the terrible state of the country yeah. at the moment, which is something that she refers to in a number of oblique ways throughout the series. Yeah, she
2: does keep she does keep coming back to that, which is hardly surprising. Yeah, so it's oak cuisine on a budget, basically. But the problem is of course that I mean all food and we've had this conversation on this podcast so many fucking times now. Why well, once more won't harm us. All food from the nineteen seventies on T V looks fucking diabolical. It's mm. it improves slowly throughout the nineteen eighties. And by the time you get to about the mid 90s, they finally got to grips with the concept of being able to film something that looks as though you would want to eat it.
1: I mean, even the stuff that Delia Smith was making on TV in the 70s yeah, look, looked like the sort of joke food that you might get in a hospital sitcom. Mm. It it, it really, there was no... Yeah, I mean, the assumption... There was no redemption until at least the 1990s.
0: Because, you know, it's my considered opinion that Christmas is just about slave labour for the women.
1: Given the pressures of time, we might as well crack on straight away. We've got five different areas to deal with. The first episode deals with your Christmas bird... Yeah. Up for discussion are turkeys, geese, ducks and chickens. Well, she ain't got very long. Each one of these birds suffers indignities. That this is one of the f- very few programmes we've watched at the same time. Yep, simulcast. And you said you were toying with veganism at some point. It was points.
2: the nearest I've come in my life to turning vegan
1: <laughs> it was
2: disgusting and like I say you know layering indignity upon indignity first mm. of all she like yoinks its skin up separates it from the rest of it and gets her hands underneath it and fills it with butter then she shoves a load of mushrooms in there and then she, uh, slices of gammon. And slices of gammon. Then she goes back at it with a knife again, like it's done. she thinks it's not quite dead yet. And then, uh, you know, and, uh, and this is building up and building up, and every time you're going, oh, no, oh, God. And then she gets yeah. a fucking icing bag, like she's going to do a cake, except it's full of stuffing. Shoves yep. it up its ass, and off we go. Fills it up, you know, starts coming out its nose.
1: I mean, incidentally there is no question of oh how do you um, retrust the turkey after you've stuffed it don't retrust the turkey that's tr- things are trust for selling not cooking
2: yeah 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 no and yeah and maniac and it's another common theme throughout the series so i might as well just quickly address it now she ain't washing her fucking hands the f- filthy mare. Christ almighty, it's disgusting. She's handling three or four different types of raw poultry and is not yeah. washing her hands between each use. It's fucking disgusting. Well, it's
1: not It's not a big problem until she carves a chicken at the end. Well... She demonstrates how to carve the chicken but it is an absolutely achingly, stupendously pointless demonstration. Yes. Because the chicken that she's carving is obviously at fridge temperature. Yeah. And therefore has virtually none of the properties of a chicken that's just come out of the oven.
2: Yeah, I mean, it it would be almost impossible to do... Well, she it was because you have to kind of grip it, you know.
1: Yeah, let's not forget that by the time she's cutting the breast apart with secateurs, yeah. <laughs> she is holding, she is physically holding the chicken for minutes at a time yeah, with yeah. her presumably absolutely crawling with bacteria, unwashed. Hands. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's it's just. No part it's... of it is a, is appealing in the slightest. But, I mean, the thing is that in the entire series, the entire series, she did not cook a single thing that I would fucking cross the road to eat.
1: Not one. Yeah. I mean, even the, the chicken and the turkey, she made questionable by stuffing mushrooms in everything. Yeah, Why'd you have to just, stuff just mushrooms, mushrooms up stuff?
2: And just, I mean, I don't object to the idea of that in principle. You know, unlike a lot of people, I'm a fan of the mushroom. What I don't understand is why she had to go about it with such
1: vigour. But yeah, by the time that turkey was ready for the oven, it looked like a volcanic rock.
2: By the time she finished with that turkey, that turkey needed a
1: cigarette. (laughs) That's the bird. Let's let's move on. The next step along this hellish path is the Christmas pudding episode.
2: Oh, well, this is my favourite episode.
1: Well, I'm not surprised because earlier in this series you spoke about christmas pudding and the fact that it never looks like a christmas pudding in a cartoon well fanny has obviously listened to you yeah and she's bringing back the old round traditional christmas pudding shape and she's doing it courtesy of a specially adapted sieve yeah and a big pile of greased up wax paper
2: yeah i mean it's it's my favourite episode because that Christmas pudding story and the Christmas pudding thing is 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 something that I kind of love a little bit in my family, in my extended family, and uh, I've been very isolated from them this year. So to have the opportunity to you know think about them and think about that is is, is, is not an unpleasant feeling for me. So to that extent, it's it's good. To that extent, I'm I'm pleased, um, but. The Christmas pudding looks inedible. She boils it for fourteen hours. Uh yeah. Ten hours and then another four on the day. Fuck that shit. Just go to M and S Fuck's sake. <laughs> it's only, a, it's only a twenty minute walk from here.
1: Just let's just, not forget that she uh when she decorates it, uses a sprig of holly that she's been keeping in an old potato. Yeah, she
2: has a, there's, a, there's a bit of the Jack Argreaves about that, isn't there?
1: She's made brandy butter because this is 1975. No, no is don't even tragic. get me fucking started on this brandy butter.
2: I am so angry about this brandy butter. What sort of person makes brandy butter and then
1: colours it green? And be what? And then pipes it into a cone and flecks it with angelica and nuts.
2: It looks so disgusting.
1: <laughs> It, it it actually, it, it really can't, does look so disgusting. I
2: can't think, it looks like very light green, squirty green, that's just been squirted straight out of a can into a mm. tall glass and then covered in dolly mixture.
1: It looks like what happens when the Grinch's dog has a shit. It just
2: looks so disgusting. It looks awful.
1: Speaking of which, Fanny's mum's trifle. Well, yeah, thing. yeah. Now, I have various opinions on Trifle. I think every British person has opinions on how Trifle should be done right, but I think we can all agree that Fanny's mum knew diddly shit about <laughs> about making Trifle. In a piece of
2: information about me that you probably don't know... Okay. And might well be surprised by. All right. I don't like
1: Trifle. Oh, I'm not surprised. Would you have eaten Fanny's mum's trifle? No, I wouldn't. No, it looks disgusting. I mean, Christ Uh. almighty. What is it? Is it
2: slices of Arctic... Oh, no. Slices of Swiss roll in the bottom.
1: Slices of Swiss roll that... Honestly, this Swiss roll looked like it had seen some serious it was like one of those pieces of redwood tree they keep in the US national parks with, <laughs> Count the with rings a, yeah, yeah with uh, and, uh, with Abraham Lincoln assassinated here drawn mm. and an arrow drawn on it. <laughs> and then she soaked that in sōturn and orange juice yeah which you know i've got no problem with uh, sautern and orange juice then she covered it in melted chocolate and custard and cream yeah and but the melted chocolate yeah
2: leaves and, oh, the melted god, it, but the melted chocolate she added um what was it she added to it uh sugar syrup oh sugar syrup because otherwise obviously it would just it would just go hard again presumably if yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. melted Absolutely. chocolate so she's made it into a kind of like a chocolate syrup sort of thing hasn't she so that might not if I
1: mean god you know nah, it was awful it, it that looks, might
2: not have been too bad but then what looks,
1: what did she put on top of that Custard? She Well, she puts custard and then she puts cream. And then there's uh, the chocolate leaves that she makes by spreading <laughs> melted chocolate onto rose leaves. Actual leaves. leaves. <laughs> That's 1970. What was, what was 1975 like? I'll tell you this. We were all painting chocolate onto actual bird shit covered. Holly leaves.
2: They were pissed on by a dog. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Jesus Christ
2: Soaked in pe- soaked in 1970s pesticide <laughs> Which has probably got lead in it
0: <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah,
1: DDT Third episode deals with your Christmas cake Yeah Which is, as we've often said on uh, our food episodes of this podcast Christmas pudding's drier cousin
2: Yeah yeah, you know, we've we had this conversation before again, haven't we? You know, tuna's
1: cake, mate. Tuna's cake, for she, the way. You know? She's got a traditional plum cake, but she's also... This is one of the few recipes that she does during the series that is a brand new recipe that she's been working on, and it's a light, light-coloured Christmas cake. Yeah, one of my favourite things about her recipe is that on the table in front of her are these sort of poultices and potions that she's obviously got from the apothecary that day. These turn out to be rose and orange water. Mm-hmm. Some people say that Delia Smith bugs them because she sort of doesn't want to touch the food, right. And you know there is an argument that says you, at a certain point you've got to you know you've got to get your get your elbows in, get your hands in right if you're gonna do cooking properly, however, I don't yes. think anyone has ever said that about making a fucking Christmas cake, yeah, which is what Fanny Craddock does. you know she's wearing a ball gown, the sleeves have still got giblets on, probably, <laughs> and she's up to her fucking elbow she is. Beating the shit out of that cake. (laughs) Yeah. There's no question that this is a woman who has done a lot of cooking because when she gets into beating something or whipping something or stirring something, that shit gets stirred. There's
2: only one person who's winning that argument. I strongly suspect that she used to paddle Johnny's arse.
1: Oh, absolutely. She she always uses the argument, imagine that... you're dealing with someone that you don't really like and you do get the distinct impression that a lot of her cooking and a lot of everything that she's done has been as a result of the stimulus of rage i don't know i don't i I don't
2: know i mean she's a weird one and she's a not particularly pleasant one but She's more, I find her more weird than unpleasant. But then again, I think I might be accustomed to her now.
1: She was Napoleonic, I think. Yeah. She was a dreadful harridan. But anyway. Interestingly, this is the episode in which that carefully manicured TV persona nearly slips.
0: And then you dump that into there. That one bit on the table, Sarah. But that's not bad, is it? That's it. And a filthy hand. Would you take that for me, darling? Thank you very much. Now you bang that down. No! Bang that. Sorry for that noise. Bang that down with your knuckles and make sure that when you've got it in. Sarah like, goes in to remove the wrong thing.
1: In, I think she tries to take a spatula off before this, she's right, finished. Oh, with it. yeah. And yeah. there's a brief volcanic explosion of temper.
2: Yeah, she raises Very brief, raises which, the back of her hand for a moment. Yeah,
1: yeah, gets her sobs on. This is also the episode in which she washes her hands, but she yeah. does so in the most absurd way I think I've ever seen on a cooking programme. She gets a sort of 20-litre bucket from under the counter yeah. that's full of sort of warm, soapy water. Yeah. I just get stuck right in.
2: I mean there's one point later in this I think it's in the next episode, might even be in the last one. Where she's just she's been just been doing something with icing sugar and it's all over the counter. And so she just reaches across and just wipes it off with the arm of her sleeve.
1: <laughs> 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 I mean Christ oh, of,
2: look look. If I live on my own for more than five days, I turn feral. But I wouldn't do that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, there's a good chance that your sleeve wouldn't have as much concentrated goose fat and turkey skin on it. Yeah,
2: I mean, it makes you wonder. (laughs) You combine it with those obviously man-made materials. The slightest flicker of of a match... In that room. shit's gonna go up
1: <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons why Sarah looks so nervous is because she's having to open the oven door she's
2: walking between this gas oven she's... and the most flammable person in London
1: Sarah herself is wearing a... there's one episode where she wears a spectacularly huge grey mumu. <laughs> Yeah, one thing I think that probably pleased you, and it certainly pleased me, in the Christmas cake episode, is the amount of marzipan she put on that cake. Yeah, it was a lot. Of don't go stinting on the marzipan. It was a lot of marzipan. I, I, like I say, you know, I don't
2: mind marzipan. I wouldn't cross. I wouldn't cross the road for it particularly. I, w- I wouldn't get excited. Would, oh here, mar- here, Ian, have some marzipan.
1: I would get excited. You know, I'd
2: be more excited if somebody offered me some fruit jellies. That 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 would get me
1: excited and aroused I was on the chestnuts again today were you? yeah I'm still finding injuries on my fingers the chestnut injury. the very
2: first thing I do after this podcast is having some quality street oh some quality in quality street quality in the street yeah Looking forward to that.
1: Episode four, I believe, is the most troubling of the episodes. Dealing with royal (laughs) mincemeat.
2: Royal mincemeat.
1: Yeah, as opposed to normal mincemeat. It's just mincemeat. Fanny is very opposed to the traditional mince pie, which she refers to as nasty little things men hate.
2: (laughs) Yeah, have that conversation with my dad and see how far you go.
1: Instead, she provides some alternatives. There's one that she essentially makes horrifying enchiladas by filling pancakes with mincemeat.
2: And then pouring so much
1: icing sugar over them. Yeah,
2: and stick it in the oven. And then sticking it in the oven. Yeah, yeah.
1: So there's that There's that little horrifying Christmas enchilada. Then there's what she calls the mincemeat galette, which is essentially she cooks a huge slab of puff pastry. Cracks it in half and then puts half a jar of mincemeat in... Well, that
2: looks like... You know how sometimes if you go to, like, a pasty shop, like Greg's or somewhere like that? Yeah. You'll buy a pasty and... or not a pasty, like a, a, a pastry slice sort of thing. And it'll be sticking up in one corner because they haven't quite stuck it down properly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It kind of flares up. It's like that. Only that's the entire thing. So it just looks like a massive ginster slice that the bloke in the factory has fucked up in several different ways.
1: <laughs> There's the big mince pie that we've already encountered Yeah, it's just a, series. Yeah, yeah it's just, a, just the same as a normal mince pie, only four times the size. It's got much higher ratio of mincemeat to pastry, which... certainly has. I, made me I, I, pref- I actually, I'm a pastry man. Personally.
2: Yeah, yeah, that would make me drip I'm afraid.
1: And then the mincemeat Swiss roll. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just building. It's building. It's now you see this. This is what Bob Larby and John Esmond. Yeah. Should have done uh, in yesterday's program. Well, this is how please, to. Uh... Yeah. This is how to build tension. Because I'm, by now, I'm thinking, what else can she possibly what, do well, with mincemeat? Yeah, yeah. The mincemeat omelette, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's a school of thought in France which says that if an omelette looks perfect, it doesn't taste perfect. So I'm never quite sure whether I agree with it or not. Now then. Over with that chat. Up with the flame again. Seal those two edges together partially. At that flame... Thank you, my darling. Now, turn it all off. Take the pan like this and tip pan and omelette at sharp angles to each other and so turn it out onto the dish. But I always feel it looks a bit naked like that. So I like to dust it with sifted icing sugar. And there it is. (laughs) The worst
1: thing I've ever seen cooked on a British television programme.
2: Absolutely. Worst food ever cooked by a sentient being. Now it looks so disgusting and I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking you're thinking mincemeat omelet I understand what mincemeat is. I understand what an omelette is.
1: Yeah. It's not something that I personally would eat, but, uh, but Fanny Craddock,
2: T V cook, how bad can it possibly uh, be? My I know what you're thinking. I know, I know what you're thinking.
1: Well, unless i have seen it, in which case... Let me tell you, here and now...
2: Let me tell you, here and now, that it looks like a fucking egg rugby ball. It is awful. Oh, my filled. God, it's just... It looks like an egg rugby ball filled with diary.
1: She stresses throughout the importance of... Leaving it a bit runny in the middle because it continues to cook. Leave it; yeah. in, it has to be a bit runny. A proper omelette is always a little bit runny still in the center. The French call it baveurs, Mm-hmm. which is true. But what she doesn't point out is it's also, also the French word for diarrhea. <laughs> That's
2: also the French word for gastroenteritis. Yeah,
1: Sarah comes oh. along and dusts the thing quick sharp with a mountain of ice a kilo
2: a kilo of
1: ice to try and hide the worst of it but even then the uh, bloody thing is alive it looks disgusting it does it it, it,
2: it does slithering across that plate it does kind (laughs) of look like it should be making a very brief appearance in futurama Or um, maybe uh, in a background shot from The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy.
1: It's just... And it just seems so big. I don't know how many eggs that she's made this omelette out of. At least (laughs) four. But it's so big. (laughs) My God. Use fewer eggs and cook them for longer. Like I say, it's about the
2: same size as a... Uh, as a proper Cornish pasty. Not one you get from the corner shop. Oh, like, one God. you get if you go to Cornwall. They're, yeah. they're big. Yeah? Yeah, it, it's, it's a Cornish about...
1: pasty, but if it was filled with gravy. It's,
2: except it's filled with mincemeat. Oh. And, and instead of
1: pastry, it's egg. Yeah, and instead of some mincemeat, it's uncooked wet egg.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mean, okay, oh. I can kind of, you know, I understand the concept of a filled omelette. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, stick some and cheese you know, and
1: tomato in under- there. I understand you know. the concept also of baveurs for omelettes. Yeah. What she has done there is not baveurs. <laughs> what she's that, done. If it has a name, is a bucket of raw eggs.
2: <laughs> it's, it's so gross. And it's and it just looks so unappealing in every way. And the thing is that by the time every time I see this I end up just about crying with laughter by this point. And um and I've come to the conclusion, having watched it now five or six times, because I do watch this this entire series at least once every Christmas. Gotta be done. Um <laughs> i've reached the conclusion that they're putting so much icing sugar on it because they're trying to destroy the evidence
1: I, no, I i think that that is the only conclusion
2: i haven't looked it up maybe 1975 was a white christmas as well and they're just covering it in icing sugar so they can chuck it out the window
0: and may i say how much i admire the housewives of britain in these appalling present conditions for their courage in trying to give their families another super Christmas.
1: The final episode deals with Petty Four, but yeah. actually this episode would probably have been better called Shoe Pastry because she's not interested yeah. in any Petty Four that isn't a shoe pastry. She hammers her way, makes a huge batch of shoe pastry, then demonstrates how you can pipe it out and prod it and reshape it. Again, a
2: bit disgusting.
1: At the same time, I mean, some decent there's some decent advice. You can tell that she's made a good shoe pastry. Yeah. By looking at the dough. we I mean, oh, you yeah, ca- yeah, You yeah. can't tell that she's made a good shoe pastry by looking at the finished results, particularly, because she's burnt the shit out of it. Yeah,
2: they're, they're burnt. <laughs> you know, I just watched it the first time I saw it, I was like, she's making chocolate eclairs. Has she already put the chocolate on those before she put them in the oven? <laughs>
1: oh, she, no, 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 no she's burnt them. And then just carries on regardless. It was all eclairs of the French style, which yeah. is basically half uh, creme patissière and half cream put in a thing. Mm-hmm. And then eaten with a shrug of disdain whilst reading The Phenomenology of Perception by Maurice Merleau Ponty. <laughs> <laughs> that is how the french do it
2: see i was gonna i would have said just parry match oh yeah.
1: well yeah they they read that what? too but Le only keep. after they finished reading derrida <laughs> and the plague by Camus. yeah but anyway back to fanny yeah that's that's the, the petty fours episode i think is the shortest and it's the one that Slips by you the most. I mean, there's some quite confrontational remarks vis-a-vis shoe pastry and doing it correctly. Yeah, but that seems to be a dialogue that's going on entirely within her own head. Yeah, it
2: feels like a bit of an afterthought. This effort, it feels
1: like episode. a bit of an afterthought because you're still reeling, frankly, from royal mincemeat.
2: I mean, that egg rugby ball is um, that's a serious finale. Right then, it is a series finale. It's a mic, it's a mic drop. It, well, <laughs> right into the middle of the. I think you drop. Where explodes and you get covered in raw egg.
1: <laughs> anyone, anyone who tried to eat that—that certainly be the last thing they ever did. A lot of this, uh, all of this program, in fact, uh, not a lot of it, all of it is heavily predicated on buying the book, the booklet
2: entirely predicated on buying a booklet in fact
1: she doesn't actually
2: hardly cook a single thing throughout the entire series no, and she the certainly primary, did cook
1: those fucking eggs
2: yeah the <laughs> primary function of this program seems to be that she's she's had this book out yeah and now she's just going to show you the stuff that she cooked in it yeah and if you've got the book well why haven't you got the book Buy the fucking book.
1: Because you're not going to learn how to do it because we're not going to give you weights, we're not going to give you measures, we're not going to give you times. Yeah. We're just going to show you the finished, horrifying results.
2: Yeah. Or the very, very beginning of the end. God damn As it was for that poor turkey.
1: But, um... <laughs> what was your festive highlight of this festive extravaganza?
2: My festive highlight... Uh, it's, it's, I think we all know the answer to this.
1: Oh, but it, there's so many things that it could be. You're going to need to be very specific. It's got to be the egg bull. <laughs> the egg Beeple Yeah, it's as a piece of TV filled with mincemeat As a piece of television, <gasps> it's burnt into my psyche like few yeah. other pieces of television.
2: Happy fucking Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that's my yeah. festive. That's my festive moment. Yeah. Don't fuck yourself.
1: <laughs> I think my festive highlight has got to be in the first episode when she is teaching you how to carve a bird. Mm. She places the pieces that she has cut on the most nineteen seventies tray that you could ever possibly get, which is a sort of silver platter yeah. with. Mashed potato. Yeah, and what's she done? What's she done? Dyed green. She's dyed that green as well. <laughs> Piped what round the corner. And then a big load, a big handful <laughs> of sort of bluish green peas.
2: How many people that Christmas ended up accidentally having brandy butter with their roast chicken? <laughs> because it looked almost identical to the mashed potato?
1: I would have preferred the brandy. If, if I had to eat one of those... Green concoctions. Uh, I think I would have preferred. the Why?
2: Brand why is she doing that? Why is she colouring everything avocado? She's
1: absolutely insane. Well.
2: I know that avocado was a big thing in the seventies as a colour scheme. You know, is people people would have it in their bedroom. Oh, sorry, or their but no, rather their bathroom.
1: Making they? things a different colour was very in vogue but, in food throughout but, that time. But why?
2: Well, that's a very like, good question. It just
1: looks so disgusting. It does Gosh, look pretty
2: disgusting. But uh, but the thing is, that it's wonderful, isn't it? It At is. At the same time, it's as good as it is bad. I tell you what, right? If you want to tell people what life was like before fucking we joined the EEC, <laughs> then
1: you fucking show them those. They might be having to bring Fanny back from yeah. the dead. Yeah. Just uh, feed her some of that omelette. We ought to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah. It, I mean, the Royal Mincemeat episode on its own is one of the most arresting pieces of TV I've ever seen oh, in my life. I mean, it's a beauty. People talk about the Ozymandias episode of Breaking Bad, but for sheer heart-in-mouth trauma and excitement, <laughs> nothing has got Royal Mincemeat by Fanny Craddock licked. <laughs>
2: That with the, fucking the, the, omelette. The soaking wet <laughs> the soaking wet egg ball omelette. Yeah. That's filled with mincemeat and bits of raw yeah, egg. Just oozing it's,
1: it's, oozing its way across the yeah, table. And the green potatoes. Absorbing icing sugar as it goes. Oh, it's monstrous. It but, is, but it is over.
2: it is it is our everest has been where hasn't it hasn't no (laughs) we're gonna be starting again in a new year yeah we are gonna take a couple of weeks off or a week off or something uh to try and recharge our batteries and hopefully watch some tv that isn't terrible um i'm just
1: gonna watch this again (laughs) ain't
2: yeah Uh, i mean i it's I, i think i need a break from it to be honest with you
1: yeah, <laughs> I, I, think I, I can understand
2: that. I think it'll do me good, you know. 50 podcasts in 50 days. We fucking did it. I, I'm, I'm I'm, an idiot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what yeah. the fuck did I do that? What's the point in that?
1: You'll get no <laughs> argument from me.
2: Keep an eye on our Twitter, which is... What is
1: it? At Everest Podcast. Is it all one word? All one word. Yeah,
2: there you go. Yeah. Or at T-W-O-H-T for me, because... Yeah. I'll probably be keeping it updated as well. and uh, or
1: Better better still, just subscribe yeah, or both via the your podcast subscription thing of yeah. choice. And when it comes back, it will plop straight into your lap. Yep.
2: We have got, you know, we're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. Uh, we're on your standard kind of aggregator feeds. Uh, we're on Acast. We've tried... What I yeah. Actually, I do want to say thanks to everybody who's listened to this, because these podcasts, this may not sound like massive numbers, and it, and, it, and it isn't really, but I think it kind of says something, which is that we've had about 130, 140, 150 people listening to this every single fucking day. What is wrong with you? <laughs> it's dedication. Um, but, you know, thanks. Thanks for listening along, and we hope you enjoyed it. And we will be back, and I think the, they will be a bit longer uh, in the new year, and we'll do them weekly. And I think we're going to get some guests in as well, so that will be
1: all of these things yeah. are definitely so. Uh,
2: so that'll be that'll be funsies. So uh,
1: that's it, I think. And Merry Christmas! Oh yeah,
2: and that Merry Christmas
1: if you celebrate Christmas. Yeah, you know. Otherwise, you know, Happy Kwanzaa. What was yeah, the one? Diwali. Happy Diwali! Diwali. Yeah. Any of
2: those. Hanukkah. Any, any yeah. of them. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. As long as you've got mint meat. Don't, 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 don't. Add a, a, and a, a tw- big, twenty-eight big load of eggs.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right. Okay. That definitely is us done for tonight. I'm going off to cook a 28 egg omelet. Thanks very much for listening. And goodbye.